Hi everyone and welcome back to the dulcet tones of your host James Dean Littlejohn and the Gentleman's Talk. <laughs> something a little bit crazy, a little bit wild, uh, just, I don't know, throwing it out there, something different. Hope you're okay, as always, thinking of you and I, yeah, I just hope that you're okay. I hope you're enjoying this journey, maybe enjoying your own journey now after listening to this, picking out the weeds of the problems that you're encountering and and like I said reflecting and using that reflection for the positive aspects of your life we've got to battle this this is a this is a exactly what it is it is a battle when you're in the darkness of your depression or whatever mental state you are it's, everything becomes a battle but the more and more we do the right things eating healthy reflection well-being it makes those battles less and less to the point where they're almost eradicated and you are on the health drive. You are on the, the positive life of, or the positive journey, path, that's the word I'm looking for, of life. And it's important that we first off acknowledge that mental health, although it is a battle, there is always an end to it. I don't care what anyone says, if you do the right things there will be an end to it. And, that, and this is where hopefully, excuse me, that is orange juices. <laughs> wow. So when you sit down, I'm just like fully relaxed. I get into this mode. I really do apologize. But raw and unedited, that's how we roll. Um, so yeah, so but we do these things to better ourselves so that they don't become battles and we don't become a really high male suicide statistic. That's the most important part. And what I'm doing here is I'm battling. And I do battle, as you know very well if you've been listening along this journey, that you know I do have permanent PTSD, which has controlled my life. I'm a bit of a manic depressant. I do go ups and downs. But it's, I've had the, the bipolar tests, and I wasn't bipolar. And then I followed this avenue into um, ADHD, um, although I'm still pursuing that further and further, and I am learning about that daily, and I mean really do I mean daily. Um, it, I, I'm on the the NHS waiting list, which is about f 14 months to two years, believe it or not, to go through that route where I said everything sort of kicks in. Um, so, but I've been doing stuff on the side to try and battle that. So, you know, this is just a somebody that's going through life. Um, and sometimes I do get emotionally, you know, attached to things. I become a little bit, I get emotionally involved in a lot of things. And it, it's really sort of, I don't know what it is, but the more I've progressed into my adulthood, the more I've realized I do take things quite personally. And I don't know why I do that. I really don't. But, you know, this is a mental health journey for me. This is a battle. I, I get through my battles by hoping to help you out there hoping to give you some hints and tips. I talk to my good friends. I'm in this absolutely amazing, close-knit um, group of friends that I fully rely on, and that's what I'm nurturing along this journey. And all little tips and tricks, really, that we can do without really impacting our life too much, but it has such a... Um, a massive positive impact on your life if you do these little things um, and it, it's acknowledging we all go through these struggles like I said in, in plenty of my podcasts 
we get sideswiped, you know, you get smashed with anxiety um, without any warning. Why? Why is it here? You get smashed with sadness, depression. You might get sideswiped because you're too emotionally involved in your job or your work life. You don't know. There's all these emotions that we feel as a man, not just testosterone. Um, and like I said, I've spoken about the the mix, actually, and I was having this interesting conversation with my wife the other day, actually, and I said to him, would you ever look at it, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of uh, direct the, the past slightly different here, so, um, and I was going, you know how women use, like, and I don't mean use, because it's not, but how women address and acknowledge and speak out about their, um, you know, their, their um, you know, time of the month and, and such like. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of an easy way of saying that. And I've got three fucking daughters. Um, anyway, so, you know, it's... They always speak openly. Like, I, I need chocolate or I'm a bit ratty or I've got the build-up or I've got, you know, and we just acknowledge it as men. Let's be brutally honest. We do acknowledge it as men and we just... And we take advantage of it, you know, and we laugh about it and we make jokes about it. I'm not saying we don't. However, I was, like, interested because I've got quite a high testosterone and I, I had checks done when I was 30 because I was like, honestly, it was crazy. I, the amount of uh, testosterone fuel that I had was unbelievable. And I believe that that was part of why I was so angry. I, th I thought I was just driven by adrenaline and testosterone. Uh, and that sounds like really arrogant, but I'm not meaning it. it, it, it if anything, I genuinely say I found it a, a, a curse. Um, because, yeah, I could go to the gym and put on muscle quite easy um, to a, without sort of massive amounts of impact. And I mean, not talking professional level. I mean, in terms of just average Joe, that's all I am um but I had that ability to do that so you know it was little things and I was a bit you know I like to feel like I was the alpha and all this sort of stuff so I was interested in saying like well you know do you see that as a like the similar thing we can't control our hormones we can't control our testosterone so it's like almost it's a chemical that happens in our body as a male that drives us you know that's why a lot of the people say oh men just think with their dick um it, we, we we do we it, it, honestly it consumes you it, it, there's no when you're in that mode as a man there is nothing else it is it's physically sometimes uncontrollable and you know i'm not justifying in any way shape or form um the that any man should lose control of it because i absolutely don't mean that at all i mean it's uncontrollable in the sense that we can't stop it as in we can't suppress it it's there we have an urge you know and and obviously you know this is where i can quickly deviate back there that's where the proper man's mentality would take over do you know what i mean so we don't want to condone anything negative out at all but it is an uncontrollable uncontrollable chemical that happens inside of us and you know, for me, that's kind of like, I was trying to explain that. And anyway, it was it was an interesting story in how we look at women and their chemical, you know, process that happens in their bodies, you know, for, for um, pregnancy and all the other things. And, the, yeah, release of the ovary, uh, ovaries, uh, the release of, <laughs> see, I'm talking shit because I'm, I'm a fucking bloke. Anyway, that shit, I'm not going to get, see, I'm trying to get in too interested in the conversation now, and I ain't got a fucking Scooby-Doo. Um so, but we don't talk about the man side, the controlling, the aspect of it, the anger, the extra testosterone that causes with all that. And I'm one of those ones. I think it's a bit of a curse. I, I genuinely do. Um, and it sort of came to light a little bit today that um, there was a group, uh, we, I was at a seminar today and there was a, a big group of us. And um, there was, I think it was about 50. Um, and 
out of the 50, there was six of us in that whole group that were Reds. We'd done this, um, like, a, a personality traits um, test where it gives you, like, a red, green, yellow, or blue. You may know what it is. And depending on your colour, depends on where you sit in this category. And I was, like, assertive, dominance, and, you know, all this sort of, like, all these really, like, harsh words. Um, but that's how I saw myself. So it's interesting that I see myself like that. That's kind of the the way I, you know, I, but, but then at the same time, I'm not like that really I'm actually quite a soppy twat um and I do like to to you know help people out anyway I've, I see I've massively digressed there didn't I? I I really did but it was an important story um and do you know what so um just to give you a little bit of feedback as well you know about today so I, this week I've been um helping or volunteering through my organization um to do a bit of charity work which was absolutely fantastic I I got stuck in on Tuesday um, we went to this um, pl- this famous village called Enham in um, in Wiltshire or Hampshire actually it'd be Hampshire and um, yeah it, really really interesting place it was um, it was a little village that was used to house the um, injured from World War one and two so it's a massive history but it's just degrading as a village so badly because they're not spending money on it because there's not much there now and obviously children and all that other generation is not really too interested in world war one and two now are they you know it's it's kind of not really you know if you were to try and i suppose look at the timelines and the differences you know you're almost encroaching on their era of learning of history would be the gulf war in the 1990s do you know what i mean so they're not too interested in the historic stuff it's like us probably listening to fucking william the conqueror and all that sort of shit but but i found it interesting because obviously it's my it's my uh generation so but we went up, completely digressed, uh, deviated away from the. But we that was the crux of why we were there. But there was also a um, a little tiny, uh, like few acres of land that was filled with Christmas trees. And what they do is this charity um, sells the Christmas trees, all these trees. They're not actually Christmas trees; they're fir trees, obviously. They grow them all. I think it's something like twenty six thousand they've got in this in this nursery, and. Um, it, basically they sell them on and then the proceeds goes back into the village hall and and the other stuff and back into replanting for next year so it's a really good scheme um and like i say the money goes straight into it It, it, i mean obviously there's a few people being paid through the charity obviously i'm not blinded by that but anyway we volunteered for the whole day and what we were doing was cutting down trees um some of the trees that were sort of kind of where they didn't really um plant them with any sort of kind of plan they just kind of shoved them in the fucking ground some of them you've got one tree that's like basically if you sacrifice that one tree you'll save four decent trees so i was doing that so although it was quite good but what they were doing was turning the the remains of those uh, the ones we cut down into wreaths for the for the front door and all that sort of shit so you know it's, it's good stuff it was good charity work but you know what i felt incredible actually because i did a two-day seminar and uh, the first day was pretty, um, pretty amazing. I enjoyed that. The, the motto of the day for me was cut shit down. They said along, they, they stood there and, the, and they turned around and said, uh, right, what groups do you want to be in? Do you want to be in the Bramble group or do you want to be in the, um, the tree cut, the, the tree um, group or do you want to be in the, the move the shed group? And I was like, fucking look. I, and he looked at me and he went, what do you want to be in then? And I said, uh. I'll be honest with you, mate, I'm just here to cut shit down. I don't really want any shit jobs. I just want to cut shit down. And then literally, I I cut down, um, I think I, there was about 40 trees and I cut down 36. Um, and it literally like a fucking machine. Um, and I was, I was the part of the day for the, I was obviously the gobshite for the, for the next two days. But it was a good laugh. I got out of my um, comfort zone. 
I was spending time with people that I didn't really know but had an instant like laugh with, good banter. They all gave me shit as well for not going out on the evening. Um, but I, genuinely, I'll be brutally honest, I, I, I didn't I didn't want to go out. I just felt a bit of anxiety, which is horrible. But I almost didn't want to ruin the or go there and have a few drinks and end up undoing, you know, the the good day I'd had by me probably being a dick or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I got a bit of anxiety and went, now nah, I'm going to go home uh, and see the family. So, um, and I had a couple of other personal reasons, reasons for the family that I wanted to come home anyway. So, but anyway, that was like a little broad uh, outline really of, uh, yeah, sort of kind of learning, adapting. And it brought me on. Um, and I've left this a little bit of a while actually. Um, no particular reason normally i thought i was going to follow on with part one part two part three and just sort of kind of you know sort of mold it in quite quickly but i did part one and i'll be honest with you and um, what i'm talking about here is my darkest hour so um i've done part one and uh, it did affect me quite a bit and i don't really think it affected me it didn't affect me like dragging up the the the, the history it didn't drag me up at like re uh, imagining the car crashes and stuff uh, you know didn't really sort of think about that ne negative aspect I actually went quite like I suppose sad because I reflected on how much of a different person I was and how much of a different person I'm trying to be now but not, I don't mean different person as I'm changing because I'm not changing for anybody but I'm also it's almost like it's taken me a while now it's taken me a good couple of years I think and um, to, to start trying to feel who I should be who be the adult version of what I was prior to the car crashes if you like that's what I'm trying to be so that you know I can try and be the adult version of that so it's trying to unpick in in the, the last 14 odd years of trouble and strife shall we shall we say um trying to unpick all that and take the good out of it and um and put it into the future you know put it into my future and um you know you do make mistakes you do make mistakes and obviously when you're going along that journey it does highlight quite a few negative things and then when you talk out loud like I did on the podcast it just it just made me really sort of resonated quite heavily with me because I realized I I'm not that person and even today when I sat there and um, I said I was the red character and I was like this person driven and all this, everybody went, it, like the, the, the four women who I'd, I'd know, knew around me, um, they all said, no, you're not, James. And I went, what? And this is just from dealings on like teams and uh, Joe, she's like absolutely amazing woman. She's like, she's like, I think she's like 60 something. But um, I pick her up every now and then because she can't, she doesn't drive or anything and um yeah, so, so I pick her up from town and take her to work. So it's it's like a bit of car sharing as well. So, um, but she's a fantastic lady, and um, yeah, just sort of kind of, I don't know. It's it's just I was reflecting quite heavily, and um, you know, I just kind of went. There's something I didn't want to dive in again and talk again about part two because it just resonated with me too much. You know, it was. Like I said, I, I you know I think I'm this bravado of a person, but I'm not actually. I'm actually like I said, you know, the women were saying around me like, you know, no, you, you there's you're not like that, James. And and you, I think it's just a I think it's, to be honest, even when you reflect, it's probably a lot of bravado. I don't really have a massive amount of confidence. I, I put on a show, but it is quite a battle to get to that show. But I I, I don't like to lose those some of those things, those traits in the red area just fitted so well. 
I don't like to lose. I'm competitive. I'm firm. You know, I, I'm ambitious. You know, these are all little trigger words. But then when you put it into context, but, you know, at the same time, I'll do anything for anybody if I can. Do you know what I mean? And that doesn't fit straight because normally a red person is a selfish person. Um, and that's one thing I'm not as selfish. So, yeah, I didn't really want to dive into it, um, to be honest with you, because I kind of felt it, it did resonate with me. And I needed to unpick that. I needed to understand where I'd got wrong, gone wrong. And I'm still making mistakes now. I'm not by no means talking about this or think I'm some sort of fucking hero or I'm some sort of saint. I'm not. I, 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 will, I will still make mistakes today. I will still make mistakes tomorrow and the next day and the next day because... Sometimes mistakes involve memories. Sometimes mistakes involve learning. Um, you know, most of the time a mistake should be a learned mistake. So make sure you learn from it so it doesn't become a mistake again. Um, you know, the like I said, I've made many mistakes in my life. I hold my hand up. But at the same time, I can say I've had a relatively good life. Um, and, you know, I've put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, you know, so I've made these mistakes and I try to learn from these mistakes. Um, and that's what it was. So I needed to unpick that from part one. I needed to understand where I'd gone wrong and have I learned from it. So I unpicked it quite a bit. And also, and, and I'm going to be honest, the, the other reason is because the next segment is a little bit, it's, it's harder for me because that darkest hour almost came out the blue and it's and when you think about what I'd done and it's only now because I've analyzed that because that was the reason I started this podcast journey was to 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 analyze that feeling to analyze what was going wrong and that brought me on to talk and 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 sort of kind of grow from where it was 120 odd podcasts ago and you build confidence and you understand yourself and I'm reflecting heavily, um, you know, and the way that the next one started and obviously we're triggering off of the, um, and obviously I must w advise people listening that, you know, this may be a trigger warning for you. So, I, you know, I, just be careful if you're listening to this. I don't want it to resonate too hard. Um, so the next one really was when I kind of tried to get my life back in order. I kind of didn't know what to do. I... I'd made this massive decision, this jump to to leave something I'd known for 21 years. I'd been painting aircraft for 21 years. I was at the top of my game and I'm not blowing my own trumpet in any way, shape or form. But when you can blow your trumpet, toot, 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 um, you know, you must, I think. I think I'm a big, per I've hidden too many years where I've not really shouted out. And, you know, that's where I'm changing. That's the, that's, I'm getting, getting prouder of what I've achieved, uh, you know, week in, week out. I'm actually going, well, no, I have done this. I have done that. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm instilling that positivity back into my brain. And I quit my job um, to leave the whole trade to start a new trade in health and safety and like I said, I spoke to you in a podcast about this in depth, about the pressures of that. And I undertook all of that. But one of the biggest things I wanted to do was get back in with my family. Um, after seven years away, I thought I'll jump in and, you know, try and catch some of the good years of my daughters and actually be there as a dad. And I did. And it was about six, seven months into it. And... 
I got this massive wave of emotion in the sense that I, I realised I'd been away for too long and I'd been selfish for too long. I'd completely shut my family out and done the bare minimum because I was surviving on, you know, adrenaline. I was surviving on, you know, doing my job a hundred and fucking fifty percent day in, day out. And the time I wasn't, I was trying to fucking party hard. I was trying to find this adrenaline. I was trying to find this serotonin. I was doing stupid shit for for these for these seven odd years. Um, fucking going off partying, going away to different countries. I was doing all sorts of shit, really, because that was my brain. And my brain was going, you might fucking die tomorrow, James, because that's where your brain is constantly sat at the moment. Fuck, yes. You're gonna, you need to just enjoy this weekend, do what the fuck you want to do, nothing's getting exciting, you're amazing at your job, and you could do it with your eyes closed, yeah, fucking brilliant, you're brilliant at that, mate, yeah, buy a motorbike, fucking yeah, brilliant, and that's what my life was like for fucking years, driving on adrenaline, and it was the, it was the absolute fucking sadness that I'd received six months into moving back home, when... I realised I had no relationship with anyone in my in that house. I, I, I didn't have... My daughters just rem, remembered me as this angry, shouty, horrible dad. And that was it. You know, there's, how do you recover from that? How do you when, you, when you... when you get twatted in the face with that and it smacks you in the mouth and you look around and you go... You see... Your dogs, every time you sh raise your voice a little bit, cower down because they're used to you shouting. And, and all these little triggers are the bits that that crumble me, are the bits that you don't see, the bits where you see James is this person and James is that person. There's bits you never, ever see. They're in a vault. And in that vault is where I reflect and I try to unpick it and I try to justify it. I try to understand it. I try to apologise for these things daily. But when you look around the place that you would call home and you get told, can you take down the key fob? And I was like, why? And they were like, well, that's the day that you basically fucking threw the unit out the front door because you caught your toe on it whilst you were putting up that key holder um, and you smashed the fuck out of it on the front thing. Now, I didn't even know about that. I completely fucking... I've completely forgotten about it. But that was the show that you are. And I'm not an abusive person. I'm not... I don't hurt anybody. I never hurt anybody. But it was it was the fact that I'd done that. The, they, the girls weren't about, but they obviously came back and were like, why is the fucking thing on there? And then they see that. And, you know, they, it's almost like that scene out of me, myself and Irene when he goes, he comes in with the fucking two sodas. No, I was actually really calm. It didn't work. And then the next day you come out and it's completely fucking trashed. It was that mentality. And that's probably the only relatable way I can think about it in terms of trying to get you to think about my head. You know, <clears throat> on, on the front, I'm like, yeah, fucking nice one, mate. Nothing's happened at all. Literally behind me is smoke, fire, fucking bodies, whatever. You know, it's craziness. And, sorry, two seconds. I'm just going to click off that heater. That was, I ran that heater for like three or four minutes there. And I was like, wow, that's two million pounds. Fuck, you know, James, calm down. Um, so... 
you know, you, 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 that's the bit you don't see when you deal with mental health. You see the character on the front maybe losing it here and then. And, you know, like as they said to me last week, um, they said uh, I was in work last week and I, I had a bit of a breakdown. Not breakdown in terms of like I broke down, but in terms of like I was just really fucking angry. I was really horrible. Not horrible, but I felt horrible inside. I just wanted to get away. Uh, and it was because <clears throat> something had happened with my daughter. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, it, it involved her uh, mental health and um, it affected me fucking massively because I'm, str I'm struggling with my own sometimes and it's trying to help that person while you're still fighting your own fucking mental health is really hard. But she's your priority, but you can't be fully fit and help her. You know, you, <clears throat> you've got to look after yourself. So it's a, it's a really fucking hard balance. And then you go into work and sometimes you deal with the stupidest of fucking things that can be resolved and, and it's like it frustrates you. And, um, <clears throat> you know, my, my boss said, uh, you know, you did seem a bit, you seemed a bit sort of fragile, a bit, bit tense last week in some of your last emails. And I was like, yeah, sorry, mate, I, I'd had a bad day. And he was like, look, mate, your fucking family comes first, etc. And, you know, really amazing boss, really amazing boss, actually. You know, and he, he's, I'm so I'm so happy that I'm, you know, I'm working for him because he's a really good, he's a really good lad and he gets me. So that's the main thing. Um, and... Yeah, so I, I, I sort of kind of managed that and I unpicked that. And, you know, <clears throat> that was where you... Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat was... I got like a... It's that orange juice. <laughs> it like, gets right stuck in your throat. Um, but yeah, sorry, where was I? So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's about the sort of kind of... When I understood... You know, when you're in work, you're dealing with those pressures, you're dealing with the pressures at home, you're dealing with the pressures of your own mental health, and all of these things, you know, it really catches up on you sometimes, and, and that's where, you know, you can lose it a little bit. But um, anyway, back to, I was digressing everywhere, aren't I, today? It's just, I'm enjoying it, my head, this is my head, when I go into this place where I'm trying to find the avenues of where I've gone wrong to give you enough information so that you avoid these triggers, or you avoid doing these things, or you look out for the same signs and symptoms. <clears throat> you know, it's important, but my mind races because I do go into a few places. I, I Sometimes I unlock a door, if you like, and I'm like, fucking hell, I don't want to go in there just yet, mate. That's a bit untidy. So as you reflect, you know, as you deal with these things, and when I hit that six-month point and I realised all of these little problems that I'd been causing, you know, little, just, you could just feel it was a tense place. And I didn't want it to be that because, the, and it wasn't because I was tense in that six months, because in that six months I was happier than I'd ever been. I felt secure. I'd felt, I felt looked after. And it was the first time in fucking years that I'd felt looked after. I, I the, you know, when you're walking around the place and I'd never, and, it was also when you look into the garden and you see the garden's completely a fucking shambles. It's not been touched for years and it looked a shithole. And that's an, that's almost like a reflection on me as well as personality. And all of these little triggers I'm seeing around the place and I'm like, fuck me, James, you have just been a waste of space for seven years to nobody. You feel, and that fucking rips your heart out because you're like, I've not been a good dad. I've not been a good brother, husband, father. I've not been a good friend I've not what the fuck and then <clears throat> that's the reality of hitting you and that's what happened to me in my first year back I was like fuck I don't know what to do about this and then that manifested and that manifested and that manifested and then I started struggling at work because work my boss at the time um 
obviously, I don't know, felt threatened a little bit by me. So, you know, did some quite horrible things towards me in terms of like, <clears throat> I say horrible, just um, not horrible as in like, you know, you're a fucking idiot and all that sort of stuff, but just belittling me um, and, and trying to bring me below him to sort of, it's almost like peacocking, but unnecessarily. And, um, you know, eh, that sort of thing just drives me even more. So it's like crazy. So, but I was finding that trouble because I was new into this new role. I'd quit my job. I'd, this was my first six months in the new job. And, you know, I, I took on some big challenges and I took on a whole new job that I didn't know. I'd never read really much about health and safety. I fucking full on blagged it for the first three months, even to the point where I got berated by my previous boss. Um, I, it, it, so he showed me up physically on catching me out. And I mean, it's driven me enough to get my level six in health and safety. So, and a massive accomplishment there for me. Um, <clears throat> but that just drove me. But anyway, so I, unfortunately I got to Christmas time and um, I'll just take a sip, sorry. I got to Christmas time um, last year and uh, that was when it smashed me in the face. I I don't know. I looked around my house and it did I, it didn't feel like a Christmas, and it reminded me of all the other previous years where I'd been there at Christmas, but I'd never been there at Christmas. I was never there emotionally. I was never there physically. I was just there. Christmas was for me a horrible time because uh, it was around the car crashes so I had massive anxiety about driving everywhere I had all of my car crashes ha happened in um, sorry two of them happened in December and one happened in November so I have all these things and this is where the PTSD comes into play and you can't get rid of them I'd love to you know I know people say oh you can just just don't think about it mate it's not that you it's the fact that you constantly press play on these car crashes and you try to for me I try to understand why I'd had them how did they happen what I'd done and now that, that just constantly goes on through your mind and now if you're ever like like I've spoken to you, you know I'm a fight or flight and I'm a fighter. So, and I don't mean fighter as I physically go out and beat people up, but I, I fight the scenario. So I become like hyper-focused on on everything. I'm, I'm so alert in the dark. And my therapist, I remember my therapist saying to me, well, just don't concentrate on what you are. I was like, I don't... There's a film, um, what's that film? I think, I think, is it The Sixth Sense? Where every time they look at... Um, the red light, it goes, wham, wham. No, no, it's not the sixth sense. It's, um, oh, shit, what's his name? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, and it's the one, the film, where he's he's digging up his back garden when they go to a baseball match, and uh, he finds that those two boys had killed that girl, and he bur they buried them in the wall. Um, I can't remember what the film's called. But it's an amazing film. So if you ever pick up that sort of scenario and have a look and think Kevin Bacon, um, it's, it's a great film. It's a great film. But anyway, every time he looks at the red lights, it's like warm, warm. And it sort of gives him that warning, you know. Um, sorry, I digressed into Kevin Bacon again. It's through my mind as I was talking away. So I'm trying to pick up where I left off. That's the craziness of, of, of sort of understanding everything and trying to get everything out right. 
so yeah so anyway i yeah so i'd, I'd come to uh you know december and uh, oh, that was it and, I, and yeah driving around that's it sorry I, I picked up there so i was driving around and that's what my life's like that was what my life was like it was driving around and everything's hyper focused the radio's super loud all the lights on your dash are like glaring and you're angry and it just takes the smallest of triggers for you to jump out the fucking car and want to rip shreds out of people even doing stupid shit in in the craziness of fucking driving i spoke to you or told you you know not so long ago and i think it was like one of the early podcasts that i chased that guy for like 40 odd miles just to punch try and punch his fucking sideline for brake checking me on the motorway that's the length you go through and your anxiety's through the roof and you're a fighter not a flighter so when you're hyper focused and you're hypersensitive it exhausts you so everything becomes a chore and I get that every every December, every every time the 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 time uh, every time it gets raining and it gets dark, I get that anxiety. It's through the fucking roof. Now all Brits are saying, "Fuck me, mate! Why am I talking Australian? You prick!" I went instantly. I tried to go Australian when I'm talking about British. You know, I'm Cockney. What a knob jockey. Anyway, um, I'm not even gonna do an accent. So yeah, so it, it's like, every time it comes to I'm not even. I'm gonna. I'm disgusted with myself for trying to do that. So um. But yeah, it, it's it just sort of kind of it every single time that that's where it comes to. This, oh, that was it. Yeah, the British. Yeah, and and that is like sixty percent of our fucking year, isn't it? That sixty percent of our year is is that that type of season. So it's really hard for me. I don't mind the snow because it's quite bright and all that sort of stuff, so all that jazz. So it's not too bad. But it's those rainy conditions where I had the accidents. And I've, like I said, 38 therapy sessions, three attempts at EMDR to try and get it on to the point where it's on my notes to never be hypnotized. It's on my medical notes. So like never, that's what EMDR is, a form of hypnosis. Um, but I reacted so fucking badly to it. You know, the woman, the, the therapist actually felt scared because of the way that I was like feeling my tone in my voice. She said it wasn't like before. I was like, get the fuck off. <clears throat> so... The anger's there, and I so I found it. It, it. it hit me hard, and I was going through those emotions. I was going through the emotions of moving in, thinking that my life would change. Thinking that oh, I'll be happy as Larry now. I'll, who the fuck is Larry? Because I want to be Larry. He's fucking happy. Um, but you go for all this time, and you think to yourself, look, I, I'm going to make this drastic change. I'm going to drastically change my job to to move closer to home. <clears throat> I'm going to drastically change my career. I'm going to drastically change my living environment. I'm going to drastically drop my finances to make all this happen because I was at the top of my game in a train in a trade that's not transferable. It's paint and helicopters and jets and stuff. So it's not really a transferable skill to a local Wiltshire area. So it's, I found it hard for years. So I had to completely undo. But go into something I kind of knew and kind of enjoyed. And I fell into health and safety. And I've enjoyed it ever since. <clears throat> the sadistic bastard in me. And then, like I said, that all took its toll. And uh, we got to Christmas. And I remember one night we were all sat around. It was the wind up. Um, because my family love fucking Christmas. Christmas starts in October. At the end of October normally in this pissing house. It's unbelievable. And it's normally meant to be a time of spirits and happiness. And I still didn't feel at home. And I don't think I didn't feel at home from not being welcome. I just didn't feel at home because I'd, I was reflecting heavily on how much I'd missed. How much I'd not done. 
how much I'd not supported people, how much I'd been, I'd said I would never be selfish and I've proven I was selfish for seven years. And you reflect heavily on that, super heavy on that. And it's, you just sit there and you know, you go, you get to December, you're looking around and I was looking around and I was like, I should be happy. Why am I not happy? I've got everything. You know, this is it. This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. And then I just went, fucking hell, I, I can't do this. And I remember just walking at two o'clock in the morning and I went to old Sarum up the top and and I took two, like my two full packs of uh, gabapentine, which was a muscle relaxer and I knew it would just completely send me to sleep. And I wouldn't wake up. It was as simple as that. And and then I walked up to Old Sarum at two in the morning with shorts and a jumper on. And just, I uh, sleeve and I had my black Adidas flip-flops on. And it was December. And I just remember sitting there and I just took, I did the same. I took the, I took a, a little flask of rum just in case. Because it was it a cry for help. I'd done it once before. I didn't really know. And then I went to take the gabapentine and I, and I remember, I, I don't know what it was, but I just sat there staring into nothing with a cold, wet ass from sitting on the grass thinking, why, why are you doing this? You need to stop getting to this point now. This is exhausting. This is, I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel low. And then it was kind of, I remember battling in my head. I remember saying, does that mean you don't want to battle it anymore and you just want to go now? Or does that mean you don't want to battle it anymore? You need to sort this out. But you know you've tried to sort this out before, James. Do you? Yes. And look where you are now. You're still here. That's the type of shit that goes on in your head. You, you, you're talking to yourself. You're questioning yourself. You're chucking your own scenarios. You're chucking, you're chucking your own training, your own skills into, your, into doubt. You're saying, you've done this. You've been there. And then I went, you, you've got a, a, do you know, the only thing that said to me was, I said, I've got to make right what I've done wrong. I would be selfish selfish to leave without without undoing the right the, the wrong that I've done making right what I've made wrong and that was the only thing the almost like the competitor the alpha the the respect for myself and also me wanting to make the lives of those people that I'd made a misery a better place I wanted to show them that that was what mental health can do. That is what where mental health can take you. It's serious. It's not a fucking joke. And I'm going to prove to you that when you look after yourself, when you, you, you do the right things, you surround yourself with the right people, when you care for yourself, when you're true to yourself and what you believe in and what you want... Your life will be better anyway. 
I knew that subconsciously. I'd already worked. Like I said, I've tirelessly understood mental health. I know where I go wrong. I know where I go right. I'm a better person now than I think I've been in a number of years. I'm pushing myself all the time in the right ways professionally. I'm promoting myself as a as a decent human being. Not this angry, complete looney tune that everyone thinks I am or used to be. Or, or how I've acted or, or anything like that. <clears throat> so I set out that challenge and that's what saved me. I was ready to go. I remember. You know, I came home and, um, you know... About, I think it was after Christmas, uh, and I remember sitting down and talking to my wife and saying, I think you just need to take the tablets away for a little bit, because I don't know where, you know, I, I I got to a horrible place. I was, like I said, I had a horrible job. Well, the job was amazing. I just felt picked on, um, you know, almost... A little, <laughs> I know that the person that was doing it wasn't a nasty guy. It was just, I obviously intimidated him in the sense of a threat in terms of, I got on with everybody. And I do, I try to get on with everybody. I don't hate on anybody. Fuck, I made him gifts. I made him three gifts. I even made him a chopping board that he said me, he'd pay me for, the chopping board, to just cover the cost. I said, don't worry about the, the thing, because um, he wanted one made specifically, so I did it. And... Um, he goes on these fucking cruises and stuff and, and didn't even fucking give me the fiver, I said. Just give me the fiver for the board and take it as a gift. And I was like, fucking hell, mate. You know, you don't expect that, do you? And that's the type of shit that sort of kind of makes you think, doesn't it, really? But I was in a rough place. And it all caught up in me and I didn't really look after myself. Now, that to me is, is where I got to. And the next time, part three is going to be... Um, it's going to show you the my perspective on what I've been through again. And I've been through some difficult times. You've heard them on the podcast. But I'm going to go into them in detail. But show you what I've done. So give you the positives. So you've seen me at my darkest, my roughest, never, nobody's. You've seen me at this part where I'm trying to better myself. And it still can collapse around you that if you don't control that consumption and you just have that blip that click of a finger where you are not strong-minded and trust me to be sat in shorts and a jumper on the side of old serum castle staring out to a black forested abyss seeing nothing looking to take a gabapentine tablet that would probably make me sick before it knocked, and then knocked me out. So I would have probably had a horrendous sleep and I wouldn't have woken up, but it wouldn't have been the best. And when you think about that now, I was ready, prepared to go because I didn't know what to do. And it was the change. It was the, the want, the desire to prove to people that I will make your life better than I have made it now and that was what I want that was my that was my um <clears throat> my pledge if you like uh, to put it to my family they don't know about that pledge that's a pledge I made to them internally to myself to make their lives better provide for them and I did I the next time when I talk on part three 
I will just show you what the ambition, the drive, the want to get yourself out of that pit of desire. And it will swipe you in the face. It will take you out while you battle. It absolutely will. This has been a 14-year journey to date. This is not going away tomorrow. But we have to instill these coping mechanisms. But it's important to understand the depths of where you can get to. But you can still come back. You can still make the change. And even if you're somebody that's looking at the signs of a friend that has these battles... Make sure you stick your neck out for them. Make sure you listen. Take the step to help them indirectly. It's really, really important. Mental health, and this is something we spoke about on my last podcast, and Nelly rightly said, mental health, and Billy, mental health is a, it's an invisible illness. It's, it's debilitating. It's life-changing. It's, it, it consumes you. Even even this week, even this week when I was away, someone said something in in, in the group that I was in for the for the uh, forestry work, if shall we say, the cutting down the trees. And my boss made a comment, and it was quite a. It wasn't a. It wasn't a uh, particularly horrible comment, as in like you know you're going to get her in trouble. It was just a tone and the way that she said something in front of a group of 25 of my colleagues um, that made them almost laugh at me rather than with me. And it was little comments like that that, that resonate with me and it, and, and it still sits with me now. So I do take things personally because I don't think that I'm... The thing for me is is... You know, if I want to hurt someone with words, I can. I have that ability. And I can arrogantly and confidently say I can do that. I can. It's it's not a trait. It's it, Sorry, it's not a trait. It's not a, um, it's not a perk. It's not something I enjoy. Because I, ch- I, I know how much those words hurt, though. And I choose not to. When someone says similar words back to me... I feel that effect twice because I now know what it feels like for the other person and now I'm feeling the same pain. And then I'm feeling guilt for saying those things to the people I'd said previously whilst consumed by my fucking mental health. So I get this massive guilt at that. But when someone says it, I also get the fight in me that goes... I'm going to upset you somehow. I'm going to make you look like a fucking idiot at some point. Or I'm going to fucking ignore you when you ask me at your, your your hour of need. And that's where I get to. I just go, do you know what? No, you're right. I'm going to sit here and you're going to need me because I know you will. I, I'm confident in my abilities to know there will be something you'll want from me. And I'm one of these ones, I'm a big believer, like today's presentation. I drew loads of stuff over the weekend to make it snazz and pop. Um, and I got commended on it. It was like, um, my boss said, you know, that your drawing was absolutely impeccable, James. If you've done that, you're such a waste of talent. And I was like, I took that as a really good compliment. However, I did acknowledge that, yes, you've seen that little insight to me. So there is going to be at some point, sometime you're going to want me to do the same, same for you. And I'm going to fucking ignore you because it's not my job. So I'm that sort of person. And that's why, um, I think for me, and most people will know, I do hold grudges. I, I can't let them go. And I know that I've spoken in podcasts about, and this is me talking again, I'm railroading myself. Um, 
But I do, I hold grudges, I do. When you upset me, you hurt me, that's me. I'm fucking banged out, I'm done. Um, I'm, I'm pretty pretty difficult like that. But anyway, I'm, I'm going um, to leave it there. Um, I want you to show... I didn't want to go too dark, really, but it is a horrible, horrible time in my life. Um, but I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm excited about part three because part three for me is the one that I think will really resonate with people in terms of, <clears throat> you know, when you work hard at yourself, you you know, these stories will all unpick and you'll get chuck some sideballs in there, the sideball, same sideballs that I've had and just show you that no matter what, when you build the right stuff, you do your reflection, you do your healthy eating, you engage with your friends daily, you do what you can to send gifts, make gifts, um, send love emails, whatever you want to do, I don't care, you know, you're really engaging with your friends, families and loved ones, when you see all that positively, positively pissing out, because <laughs> it does piss out everywhere, it's, it's a good feeling, it's a fantastic feeling, you know, and, and it really is. And it's it, it doesn't happen overnight and it certainly doesn't... It, so Sorry, it certainly doesn't happen overnight and it, and it certainly does take a lot of work to get there. It really does. But this this is what this journey is about. This is why I love talking to you. This is where you get me at the downs and you get me at the highs. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, I, hope it, I hope it's been insightful. I want this to be insightful as well as... Um, educational if I can just to show what goes on behind closed doors and the battles we face and and when you realize you acknowledge the scars that you've left behind and you try to tattoo over the scars with pretty pictures um <clears throat> all these things <clears throat> excuse me all these things are really important um to understand that and sometimes when you say things in your darkest hours, like I have, and, you know, said some really horrible things and, and some things that, you know, there's, I say them repeatedly to myself because I know how horrible they are to make sure I never do them again. And, and like I said, I reflected when I, the one, the only one and only time that I can ever reflect heavily on something I said whilst I was depressed was to my wife I said yeah you're 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 an all right mum but you're a fucking awful wife and just staring at her in the face like it was nothing and and I say that to myself all the time because that's not who I am that's not what I was but when you're possessed shall we say by this depression this debilitating depression <clears throat> You can say the fucking worst things. You can do the worst things. I'm not condoning in any way, shape or form that you turn to violence or whatever stupid thing and blame it on depression. No, it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. That's, that's something completely different. I'm talking about the depression where you do stupid things to yourself. You make silly mistakes. You don't do things. You shut yourself away, you ignore everybody that's ever loved you, you create friends and love with the wrong people, because that's what happens, you, you, you find the one that makes you, gives you the most adrenaline, the most excitement, and then you find it and you go, yes, 
or you, you know and you divert to new friendship groups that do the same and you go yes and you find you you seek adrenaline all the time because you want that serotonin that you're not getting from anything in life i'm talking about that debilitating fog over your head and the decisions we make the i'm not justifying them but i'm saying that some of those comments some of those actions some of those stupid decisions maybe they were controlled by this person and like i said i'm i've done some fucking stupid things i really have and you know i've said some hurtful things and i've not really been the person i i, I want to be and that's why this journey this this process this I don't know pathway that I'm on now is 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 trying to help me and try to give support to those other people that are struggling there's other people that goes I don't know what's going on I'm not sleeping I'm not doing this and these little skills and all these podcasts will show you the importance and hopefully maybe you've seen a difference from me from 1 to 120 odd that I'm I'm on now maybe that, that maybe you've seen a difference when you listen a, across the board hopefully you have hopefully you've seen the dark days as well because that's what I'm going to talk about on my next one part 3 of this little mini series so anyway before I digress again and get way too involved thank you for listening um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your support. Um, yeah, keep keep uh, sharing. I'd I'd like to get you know I'm so sort of far in. I'd love people to share this and and get the word out there and uh, see if it helps other people. Um, so yeah, comments, shares, likes. Uh, I'm doing a couple of lives again, hopefully soon, <clears throat> with the Bilster and Nelly. Um, they're absolutely fantastic. I love that little um, that little section of this, uh, the gentleman's talk, just to get different perspectives and stuff like that. But um, yeah, feedback's always welcome. I'm on Facebook, the gentleman's talk. Uh, I'm on TikTok, the gentleman's talk, and I'm on most podcast platforms for this format. So yeah, thank you for listening. Take care. <clears throat> Look after yourself, and um, yeah, keep that healthy eating and keep doing the reflection reflection is so important look after yourself and reflect on where you go wrong and where you go right you need to do that daily at least try and get it in at least once a week just to really sort of have a think about where you've gone what you've done right and wrong and constantly learning from your own pathway so yeah thanks for listening take care guys <laughs>